I'm Richard Lloyd-Jones, and this is Thinking with Somebody Else's Head. Broach the subject of corruption with most people, and there's an almost instant reaction. We understandably get apoplectic about the cases of corruption evident in corporations like BP or rogue traders like Nick Leeson. I remember some self-righteous media pundits lamenting the blow to professional baseball represented by Pete Rose betting on baseball. We all get irate when facing these levels of unethical behavior, or even when a loved one betrays our trust. But this is when it would be timely to remember Shakespeare's counsel in moments of self-righteous indignation. Methinks you doth protest too much. It's well known in psychology that we can often tee off on behavior outside that we also partake in, and that could be a tough pill to swallow. It takes all the honesty and virtue we can muster to see that external conduct is a mirror reflecting back our own sins. But it's exactly this that's required of us today. Because one thing we must admit, if the world has gone astray, chances are pretty good that we've contributed to that. A cure for corruption today on Thinking with Somebody Else's Head. Our Stop Radio Network is expanding now, along with many episodes of Thinking with Somebody Else's Head. We're also featuring new shows by Gilbert Gambucci, Analyzing the 1%. It's a look at the pathology of power. And boy, is that ever relevant in today's age. And Susan Berkeley's program, The Conscious Company. We also have a lot of my favorite episodes of Healing Through Consciousness, the amazing call-in psychological show I did with Dr. Claudia Bernhard Pacheco a few years ago. Those shows really do something special. They uh, inject a healthy dose of sanity, I think, into the psychological call-in show genre. And, you know, I would love to do some more of those kinds of shows. So if you've got particular issues or problems that you would like us to to address in uh, our programs here with Claudia Bernhard Pacheco, that would be wonderful. We can do that a couple of ways. We can still take calls through Skype. I just have to set it up and get the timing organized between your schedule, my schedule, and Claudia's schedule, which might be a, a bigger challenge than we think. But we can also do this through email. You know, you send us the uh, the particular problem or issue that you're dealing with with a few details, and we can even treat that anonymously in our programs. My email is jones at stop.org.br. be wonderful to hear from you if you're interested in that, any kind of help. Remember that... Anything you deal with here on the show, any problems that you have, are going to help a lot of other people who have similar difficulties to deal with. Norberto Kepi's science applied to psychoanalysis is often mind-blowing because it helps people have insights about long-standing issues or problems that no other psychological method permits. Consider it like dedicating our pathology to science, if you want to participate in that way. Once again, my email, jones at stop.org.br. Well, I was watching a TED Talks debate on the pros and cons of nuclear energy the other day and once again marveling at the naivety of the pro-nuclear energy side. In this debate, argued by Stuart Brand, the creator of the Whole Earth Catalog, his surprising to some endorsement of nuclear energy revolved around the assertion that it's safe technology. Those who know the most about it are worried the least, is how he put it. He then went on to put forward the standard argument of the pro-nuke lobby that it's cleaner and less polluting than the alternatives of coal and other carbon-producing energy sources. And this clincher, of course, that it's safe, well, that those who know the most about it are the least afraid. Yeah, because they're psychotic. (laughs) This is psychotic thinking. First, if our best option 
for sustainability is splitting an atom to produce energy that leaves a residue that's mortally toxic for thousands of years. If that's our option, I'd say we have a serious problem beyond the debate over coal or nuclear. (laughs) Both of them suck, actually. And it's ridiculous, really, to enter into a debate of the positives and negatives of each and hope to end up with a, well, this is the best of a bad bunch option. Man, as far as nuclear energy goes, this process leaves toxic waste. And sooner or later, somewhere, somehow, sometime, that gets out. And when it does, the result is not soft, supple, creamy, smooth skin, let me tell you. This discussion on nuclear energy needs to be conducted now in light of the devastation of Fukushima. Love to hear what the nuclear reactors are perfectly safe crowd says to that. Although, of course, we both know they'll have some justification about this was an exception and this could never happen here, that kind of thing. A nuclear reactor is a toxic bomb that could explode at any time because of catastrophes or sabotage or corporate cost-cutting on safety measures or just plain old human error. What are we doing messing with these things? Fukushima should be scaring the bejesus out of us. I don't know if you've been following this lately, but... The nuclear fuel rods in Reactor 4 at Fukushima, two to 3,000 of them, are sitting inside a pool of water. And that pool of water is the only thing that's preventing them from melting down completely. But now Reactor 4 is kind of leaning and in danger of complete collapse. If that happens, which possibly even a small earthquake could cause it to do, and the reactors or the fuel rods become exposed to the air, look out particularly in the Northern Hemisphere. These fuel rods are shockingly in open air with only water to cover them. That's a lot of nuclear reactors sitting up there. If that water drains away, that's a radiological fire. They're talking 85 times more cesium-137 than Chernobyl. And my country, in the face of all this, in all of its infinite wisdom, my country, Canada, has turned off the radiation sensors throughout its nuclear monitoring network. They refuse to radiation test milk, one of the first places where you can notice spikes in radiation levels. And recently, Japanese ambassador, former Japanese ambassador to Switzerland, Mitsushi Murata, writing to the UN Secretary General, said, It's no exaggeration to say that the fate of Japan and the whole world depends on reactor number four. So, This is a phenomenal thing to consider, and maybe we could introduce uh, Kepi's disinversion of physics here. This would be very useful for the pro- and anti-nuclear arguers to understand today. Uh, Kepi's disinversion of physics is a phenomenal thing. What he says is that energy rightly doesn't come from matter. See, this is the essence of the problem, right? We're trying to extract energy from all this material, coal or gas or even water, even solar power, and now splitting the atom. So the, the, the problem exists here. Energy, as Kepi defines it, has not been properly understood. And I would hardly recommend some deep reading of Kepi's new physics to start to grasp the significance for our technological philosophy on planet Earth of Kepi's discoveries. The full books on our site at uh, healingthroughconsciousness.com. I've also posted some excerpts on my Scribd account at 
pt.scribd.com slash Rich Jones Voice. You'll find some interesting excerpts there that will give you just a taste of his work, and then you can go deeper if, if that's what you like to do. Because, you know, if we are, in fact, a planet driven by psychotics, which it appears we are, especially when you enter into these arguments defending current industrial political policy, and if we follow that blindly, then this needs to be called for what it is, collective psychosis. Let's try to find a cure for this today. Dr. Claudia Bernhard Pacheco and curing corruption when thinking with somebody else's head continues in just a moment on the Stop Radio Network. You're listening to the Stop Radio Network, a production of the International Society of Analytical Trilogy in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Our work on the Stop Radio Network is based on the landmark psychological and philosophical science of analytical trilogy, developed by Brazilian psychoanalyst and social scientist Norberto Kepi. This is a comprehensive science that offers perspectives on every area of human endeavor. We expand on this extensively in our flagship program, Thinking with Somebody Else's Head. And we offer many other resources for your development, including radio and TV programs, an extensive library of books, psychoanalysis sessions worldwide, teleclasses, conferences and lectures, and volunteer social programs. To find out more, check out our site at stop.org.br. Liberation is yours. Liberation is ours. Liberation of the People by Dr. Kepi is available as a free download at HealingThroughConsciousness.com. You're listening to Thinking with Somebody Else's Head on the Stop Radio Network. Our program is based on the science of analytical trilogy. If you're interested in learning more, you'll find information about books, TV shows, and any upcoming congresses or teleclasses on our site at HealingThroughConsciousness.com Now, back to Thinking with Somebody Else's Head on the Stop Radio Network. Our program on the Stop Radio Network, our flagship program really, our main program here is Thinking with Somebody Else's Head, a, a program name that developed as I was first in Brazil talking with Cesar Sauce, my dear friend. And we were talking about how Human beings have philosophies of life, ways of looking at the world that they never really question. And this is an idea that I've, I've had for some time because in my quest, my search for consciousness, for understanding how things work, I, I realized that I had views about the world and many people had views about the world that came from their culture or their family or their institutions or their just their general ways of thinking that they never questioned. And um, Cesar was telling me how we as human beings, many of these ideas that we have, these philosophies of life, they come from other philosophers or other thinkers. And so really we're thinking with somebody else's head without perceiving it. And this, of course, is very much the subject of what we do. Claudia Bernhard Pacheco has, has joined me again today to talk, to try to... to Maybe. Penetrate. Those. <laughs> and maybe one day we will be able to think with God's some of, God, yeah. of God's ideas. Yeah. And, and that's what we do, in yeah. fact. Yeah. That's what we do. Even the geniuses, they think with God's head. And this is wonderful, isn't it? Yeah, it's beautiful. What an infinite mind, Ooh. my God. <laughs> Our problem is that we distort the thinking that we receive from God, right? Yeah. We receive something true and then we say, well, I don't know about that. That's a... 
kind of a, and we adjust or adapt or, and this is the, the big problem in our world. Well, we've been talking the last couple of times about, about leadership and something that's been fascinating to me, Claudia, I wanted to just fill you in on how, what kind of an impact this is having our discussions in the classes that I do and the students that I work with. Um, we were talking about, um, universals. I was talking about this with a, a student just yesterday, French student. And they're always interesting to talk with French people because they have this social view very well developed. They are very much socially oriented. Yeah. They on, see, on the contrary of the Germans that are more inner oriented, they have a more introspective mentality, the Germans or right. the German language. Right. But the French, they are very much social oriented. Yeah, they see the problem as being a. They study a society problem, so. much more than, yeah. than the other peoples yeah. do generally. So we were talking about um, this idea that you put forward in our last program about how good leaders try to keep the group in harmony with these elevated principles of goodness, truth, and beauty. And, um, and he was saying, well, yeah, okay, I sort of understand that. But, but what about the cultural differences? He was saying that, that, that some people, like, for example, that we were talking last week about this guy on the beach selling pirated DVDs and making money. And you were, you were bringing a very Christian aspect to this, saying but, but this guy's trying to make a living in a system that's totally corrupted, full of laws that are corrupted. And uh, how can this be something that's, that's bad? And uh, my, my student was saying that here in Brazil, people use this corruption in business that as a way to do business, like to pay the guy who's doing the the um, uh, fisc- fiscalization, as you call it, the, the sort of the overview, the oversight into the way business is done. They'll pay this guy a little bit of extra money, and then that he just goes away. And he was using this as an example of how how uh, you can't you can't run business like that. And so he was saying, well, what about this kind of thing? There are universal values, sure, but in practice, it's not like that. And I really wanted to to bring this up with you because, of course, I see that there's what he's talking about is a very, um, uh, it's like a, it's like a spurious argument, you know, because it's not exactly this way. We, we have a a system that is corrupted. And so inside this corrupted system, there are people who do sort of corrupt actions that we could, and we can't focus on that. We have to focus on this bigger picture that we're very far away from the truth of who we are. But if the powerful, if the directors, they are corrupt and they create the corruptions in law, the laws are corrupt. So everything that depends on them or, or on that system and this culture is corrupted. But there is a big mistake going on in, in here, yes. Richard, which is generally people tend to think, and especially Brazilians, they tend to think that Brazil is more corrupt than other countries. And that's what I I have been uh, listening and I'm very upset because... Uh, not because I agree with corruption, of no, not. but here in Brazil, they do a kind of corruption which is smaller and more like o- at open. 
Kind and of primitive in a way. Primitive, isn't it? yes. And in Paying the some guy first world to... countries where they really create the big corruptions that lead the other countries, the so called um, underdeveloped developing countries, country, yeah. developing or underdeveloped countries, depend on. So this is what what creates the big trouble. Because you see, in United States, in Europe, these large countries, they dictate the rules of the world. And what have we seen so far? We have seen rules being dictated to protect pharmaceutical industries, medical industry, arm, military industry, arms, oil, which is very much polluting the planet, We see agrotoxics, agro, like agrotoxics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. toxic killing pesticides, people. killing people, um, killing the infrastructure, the the uh, the uh, environment, the birds, the insects. The technology is totally upside down, creating diseases, electronics, um, computers. Uh, this is against human health. So these people are creating the biggest troubles. Of all, they 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 take care or they control the agro industry, agro industry, and they put transgenics in this. So they 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 pay these corrupt politicians uh, in Brazil, in Africa, so they can use our sources and resources and land uh, to perform their 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 crimes. This is criminal because. These people that plant, that, that, that lead or they, they organize these plantations with so much toxics and, and poison, and they poison thousands and millions of people, and the vaccines and all this, this is more than immoral. And this comes from is, the first world, the developed world, totally. Yeah, <laughs> those who project onto us their corruption, because they are very much corrupt. And like a person or a country that denies the existence of God, of a creator, they are absolutely corrupt. Yeah. They are the totally schizophrenic, theomaniac people that uh, are envious even from God and, from, and they, they create at the side of the natural laws and universal laws, they create their own kingdom and, and laws that they want to perform to attack humanity, to destroy humanity, to use, to enslave humanity. For so this is the true corruption. Ah, and this is a, a corruption that goes much deeper than how we normally think of corruption. We think of corruption as the, this little thing of a guy taking $50. And what about drugs? And what <laughs> about drugs? They don't legalize drugs for what purpose? Purpose because they want to continue doing the trafficking, and the, the traffickers are high-level, powerful people. As you explored in your book in the 1990s, the American drug multinational, yeah. you, you explored very closely this. So that's why they don't legalize drugs, because otherwise it would come to the surface, it would be legalized, states would take care of the, the, the taxes and everything, so it would... Um, come out of being secret. It would not be secret anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I want to use one example to illustrate what you're talking about, because I know when I, when I have conversations with my friends in Canada, too, they don't see this corruption that you're talking about, Claudia, because I think of corruption as somebody taking $100 to... They are corrupting their minds. They are corrupting their eyes, their vision, their consciousness. They are corrupting knowledge. 
This is a, the first biggest form of corruption. Corruption, corruption of knowledge, corruption of ethics. Because if they see so many people dying of hunger and uh, starvation, thirst, uh, and many other ways of dying, these people that don't know how to take care of themselves, and they do nothing, and they help them to be killed... This is corruption. Yeah, this enormous vaccination campaign that's going around the world, especially in Africa now, is a real uh, corruption of, of health. You know, there's a film that was done fairly recently called Contagion. Big uh, budget film with Matt Damon and... Um, I'm trying to remember the director's name now. I can't remember, but a big cast in this. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow. You know, huge, uh, well-known actors. And this movie was showing the spread of a virus through things like a mother's hugs and, you know, these kinds of contact that people would have, showing this kind of very spurious um, examples of the spreading of a disease and the necessity for a vaccine in order to fight against this. And I was thinking about this. It came shortly after the um, swine flu fiasco that happened around the world. It was, no, it was no, no kind of epidemic at all, even though the World Health Organization was trying to present it as such. Here they are doing creating this movie, Claudia, directly to sell the efficiency of vaccines again. It was a selling. It was a movie to sell vaccines to the American pu- public, not just the American public, the world public. This is a big corruption. Enormously yeah, and it involves movie directors, movie actors, producers. It involves everybody. And the money invested and the investors. A thing, Richard, that is presently one of the biggest corruptions of all is Wall Street, is uh, uh, making money from money, is this um, the interest. And the banking system, this is more than immoral. And this is performed mostly by the first world countries. And they can't blame anymore the the third world debts for this, as they used to do. So, we now are speaking about real, real demons, the real, real devils who are behind all of this. Yeah. This corruption is so interesting. Dr. Kippy first began to explore this, I guess, in his book Liberation Through Knowledge, where he began to explore the the corruption of knowledge that you talked about, how we have um, closed our eyes to the truth. And this is the point I think I was trying to make with my student, that these principles, goodness, truth, and beauty, it's something universal. It's not a cultural thing. It's a universal value that everybody has inside them. And when we don't give value to that, when we allow our societies, and I'm speaking from, as a first world so-called person, um, we are directly responsible for the world that we've created, for the mess that we see in the world today, because that has come primarily from the developed countries, hasn't it? Of course. Yeah. Of course. So we are responsible for this world in an enormously... Yeah serious way that we never really think about or understand. Now, people think, what is the solution? What can be done? Yeah. And this is the big mark, uh, question mark point, like 
situation. And the other day I was reading my book, The Secret History of Brazil. Ah, this is beautiful. Claudia, before you do that, let me take a quick break because you're going to launch into a very important idea. So we are on uh, the Stop Radio Network. The program is thinking with somebody else's head, looking at corruption and now solutions to corruption. (laughs) This is a, a wonderful topic. So we're coming back in just a moment to consider that. Don't go far away. Thank you for listening to the most relevant conversations in the world about stopping the destruction of ourselves and the planet. This is the Stop Radio Network. You're listening to the Stop Radio Network, originating from the International Society of Analytical Trilogy in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Our programs are also affiliated with the Stop the Destruction of the World Association, bringing consciousness of the root causes of human problems since 1992. Essential listening for activists, leaders of the 99%, and change agents worldwide. This is the Stop Radio Network. Thinking with somebody else's head on our Stop Radio Network, we are streaming through iTunes. We have a couple of places you can find this on websites, too, at heavingthroughconsciousness.com and our Stop Radio uh, website, stopradio.org. Uh, and coming in many, many different ways. I, I was saying to Claudia just before we began our show that... Uh, when Dr. Kepi's work becomes mainstream, <laughs> then there's going to be an enormous search for where we can find out more information about him. And I just want you to know, you who are listening, you leading edge people, that this is available now and really needs to be spread out to more people. So please feel free to do that. <laughs> that would be wonderful for you to do that. Claudia wrote a book um, not that many, not that long ago. I have been researching on the subject for a long time. The book I wrote was in more or less, well, it's around the 2000. Okay, yeah. so 12 years. That's, yeah, uh, so it's on. like the inauguration of this uh, third millennium. So it has been, we are now in the fourth edition of the book, and I'm adding some Good. Yeah. And the book called The Secret History of Brazil. It's only in Portuguese at this stage, but I can assure you... Millennium and the Universal Man is the subtitle of the book. Right. And the Millennium is the name of our language school. Yeah. And yeah. We, we have a big link with this um, esoteric knowledge that you bring through yeah. this book. So yeah. give us a bit of a sense of why you want to bring that because up here Because dealing now. with universals, we see that this ideal society. You can call it utopia, you can call it third millennium, you you can call it the golden age, you can call it... Age of um, Aquarius. Age of Aquarius. um, The fifth fifth empire. Fifth empire by some. It's, 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 It's an universal concept and some people like felt and are feeling some enormous changes are about to happen. Some people call it apocalypse. And some groups are afraid that God might punish the, the humanity in this planet and bring an enormous catastrophe and the elimination of three-fourths of humanity. 
the rapture is this the rapture yeah. mm-hmm. some think well uh, and 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 some don't they see that there will be a transformation there will be an entrance in another level of consciousness and another energetic dimension of consciousness so there are many many theories but there are some points that are common to all of those theories and this is like um an idea that one day we will have a better place to live, a kind of a going back to the previous paradise or recovering what we lost thousands and thousands of years ago. And So everybody has this concept of a fair, beautiful, developed um, world, peaceful, with, where... All the peoples would come together and have a decent human society to live. So some say there will be Muslims all over the world. Some say there will be Catholics. Some say there will be Christians. Some say there will be Chinese or Russian, Hindu. Uh, Some say there will be Jews, uh, the Jewish kingdom. But we can say that God is infinite in his love and the way he deals with his children. And he sees all human beings as his children. And so the way God sees things... There are no sectors or sectarian attitudes Yeah, this is the universal aspect you were talking about, yes. And what he meant when he sent his prophets and his, his messengers and his son is that if you do good, if you are good, if you accept good beauty and truth, if you live a life in accordance to the essence he gave us, so all peoples would come together in peace and he will be the only God for all. So all these fights, this is my church, my prophet, my ideas, has nothing to do with God. His kingdom is a universal kingdom. And this is how we understand. But this doesn't include, for sure, men and spirits and angels that are against goodness, beauty, and truth. One cannot understand a kingdom that is a mixture of good and evil, this would be something that we are living now. But not... Hardly a kingdom, right? (laughs) Hardly a kingdom, because the kingdom of these demons and devils and criminals and psychopaths and these negative human beings is is a kingdom of destruction, of distortion, denial of all these good qualities of the true kingdom. So we speak about now uh, a a true society. We would say, so a little bit of a dishonesty or uh, some dishonesty and some honesty, some aggression and some tolerance, some um, racial 
problems and some uh, harmony. Harmony. No, it's there. Mostly harmony, but a little bit of. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what would be of the planet if we would not have this kind of dialectics of good and evil, shadow and light? So, this is a mistake because evil, disease, uh, sickness, aggression, criminality. Um, all problems, all pathologies, they don't exist by themselves. They are the denial, the distortion, the absence of what is really truthful, what is really true, what is really real. Therefore, we work in this direction. We work in this direction of accepting everything from all cultures, all religions that are in accordance to that. And this is possible, Richard, you know? This is very possible. I believe this, too. If people conscientize what is deny, what is pathology, so they can correct themselves, each one of us, we can reach that uh, plateau, this uh, level of development. In, in beauty, goodness, and truth, we are all welcome, right? And we're all, I mean, this is, it's, it's, what you say is so obvious. I mean, really, it's, it's amazing that we don't see this today because it's so Because clear. we are inverted. Yeah. We are, as Kepi says, unconscious of our pathology, our envy, our theomania, our greediness, our pathologies. So we are unconscious of this. And he created a method where people can do this through analysis, for individual analysis, through reading, through watching our programs. Um, so there are means. He created a scientific method for us to know better ourselves and to understand and to become conscious of what is unconscious in us, the pathologies and the sanity which is still unconscious in us. Yeah, because if the sanity is the basis of everything, then all of the craziness we see is just the destruction of that sanity, right? It's somehow the denial of it in some way. So Malachi Martin, this uh, well-known exorcist, Jesuit writer, um, academic, um, he studied a lot about ancient scriptures and about theology and philosophy he was in his last the latter years and interviews he used to say all of us can sense that there is something coming a big change and as it is alien to everybody we don't know what is going to happen exactly people sometimes get afraid so they created this idea of 2012 and I was reading my book the other day, and I was like, okay, so I wrote about something important that I forgot, that the Gregorian calendar is behind the true calendar, seven years. And when they noticed this, they realized this a long time ago, they decided not to change, because this would create such a mess in history. The Gregorian calendar is the one we use now. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's seven years away from the true calendar. Yeah. It's behind. As though we're not in 2012 at all. No. <laughs> we're, what, 2019? Yes. <laughs> so the true uh, 2012 <laughs> was in 2005. But that doesn't mean I'm seven years older than I am. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. No. But that's, it, it, that's incredible. It, it is that you, you if you are in, in, in the right calendar, then you would have your age in 2019. Yeah. 
Wow. You know? So now I wonder this calculation of 2012. Did it take into consideration the mistake of Gregorian Gregorian calendar? <laughs> ah, Claudia, I love talking with you. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's like it's, it, the, we're thinking with the, the the Gregorian calendar head, yeah. which is seven years out of date. Yes, and it's totally uh, random. Not in in synchrony with the um, in resonance with the, the truth. calendar. So they decided. 2012 would be the year for them to do something. The powerful decided that. So they started to use this date as uh, something for their, for their purposes. I don't know exactly what they want to do in two, 2012, what they had in mind, but we still are like feeling that some big change is taking place independently from what these powerful people can say, state or not. We feel that. We yeah. can feel that. Yeah. Um, so this feeling that there is a big change going on, Richard, is, is still unconscious for many. As you said, um, there is this official consciousness of the world, which is mostly the media and the mainstream representatives. Yeah. But this doesn't mean that in the unconscious of everybody, and even in the conscious level of everybody, something is being like, something is happening. A change is taking place. And many don't understand what it is, where does this come from, and, and but the resonance and the resonant effect and energetic in an energetic level is absolutely scientific so you see people thinking in a in a similar vibration and with similar concepts all over the world people from the indians and then the chinese and then the russians and then the 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 people in in united states in canada in brazil all over all over People now are starting to realize that the status quo cannot continue. Yeah. As it is. Yeah. The status quo doesn't feed our our necessities. So something must change. Yeah. Something must change. You said just at the end of the program last time if we don't replace egoism, selfishness with altruism, greed with generosity, competition with cooperation, we will never be happy or healthy or have a developed world. Yeah. So what are we going, or what are we doing? Besides our scientific work, besides our work of psychoanalysts and, and scientists and writers and researchers and giving courses and having our postgraduate courses and, and short courses and cultural psychotherapeutic TV programs and radio programs, we have a project. And this project is Kambukira Project. Kambukira is the name of this small village in the mountains where we made like a, our real campus, university campus. Yeah, it's our application of Dr. Kepi's theories. Where we apply Dr. Yep. Kepi's discoveries and theories in the socioeconomic level. So we are dealing with a very poor, forgotten, but uh, immersed in a natural environment um, village where we can be of help for those people and bringing the most advanced science in the world for them. 
And, and people say, but how can we construct this village as an embryo for a future, better society? One of the things that I tell them is that constructing the world of the future is mostly going back to the past and recovering all the good things that were left behind, starting from medicine, using natural herbs, natural treatments, natural resources as one of the main um, means to uh, recover health. Um, not only that, but recovering uh, a more natural way of being, more humane, more affectionate, um, giving more importance to feelings and cooperation and brotherhood and, and work and good work and ethics. So recovering the good values is something very important. Helping even other constructed, people. Yeah. Even yeah. constructions. You see that now the permaculture movement They use things that were used like thousands of years ago and were considered backwarded kind of things. Uh, <laughs> It's so funny, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so we go to the, to Indian cultures and we go to the very, very ancient civilizations yeah. the to recover. Primitive, yeah. The primitive, the so-called primitive civilizations so to learn with them. Like we lost the technique of these Templars of building huge cathedrals with just stones and they don't know anymore how to do that so we have so many so many ways to recover what is like we have in around the areas a lot of stones like pedras how do you say this yeah. stones exactly. stones yeah. so people um, in the past they construct homes of these beautiful rock and well, yeah, incredible and they are like very much Uh, they serve to be like a um, equilibrium for the external heat or cold. Right. Never gets too hot, never gets yeah. too cold. Yeah. So this kind Insulated. It's a natural insulation. Yes. Natural. And they are there for centuries. They are so much sustainable kind of... Yep. of but, you know, to have profits, you cannot build and, and, and do uh, sustainable things. Otherwise... They, they will last, and you will have no profits any any longer. So you need to to do homes that are that uh, yeah. like yeah. they burn, yeah. like just yeah. wood. They burn, yeah. um, or they rot, or they something. Yeah. yeah. So you can have more profits, and profits, and profits, and money, and money. And what are we going to do with so many, so much money, trillions of dollars, and and all this? currencies that worth nothing for our yeah. for our life let me just tell you listening that our projects here are really beautiful and you can find out more about them on our sites and by just writing to me if you want more information yeah, it's better to write because we don't have that much thing already in, in our sites yeah, we're improving and we them, we are yeah and we are idealizing a way so people can come and spend the time and having like a scholarship for our our free university and having a place to stay and food and accommodation and they they learn our science and they do 
like labor work even. We need uh, people to build a city. And my email address is jones at stop.org.br. Any further information you would like is available there. Kepi's work on top of outlining the problems of the human being in society, how we got into this mess, also gives us very practical solutions to get us out. It's compelling stuff. So we don't anymore just point our fingers out at the problem, but keep one eye turned inward to focus on our participation, consciously or unconsciously, in the elaboration of our sick society and what we can do in practice to rescue it. Thinking with somebody else's head is proud to stream on the Stop Radio Network. I'm Richard Lloyd-Jones. Thanks for listening.